Hey, y'all ready for the word this morning? Y'all ready to learn this morning? Someone told me that they wish our desk had those little things that you could pull up, flip over so you can, like a desk. Yeah, and class is in session. It's a good class, though, man. This is one of those classes you look forward to because it's God's word, and we get the, the, the pleasure, we get the blessing of being able to see Christ in it everywhere. And, man, when you do that, your faith is built up in a God who is in complete control and uh, who knew certain things long before they even happened. And, and I love being able to see that in the Word, and we're going to be able to do that this morning. So let's pray and, uh, and get ready for the Word. Father, we thank you for your Word. It's always true, always on time, has great purpose. God, thank you for growing our faith and teaching us to see Jesus everywhere. He's everywhere. We thank you for showing us that. Thank you for reminding us that we are well protected. That we are protected by the blood of Jesus. And we can thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us. God, thank you for showing us what those old covenant stories were all about. When those people lived it, they had no idea that what they were doing was painting a beautiful picture of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you are protected. Uh, what that means, kind of earlier we were talking about, we know we're covered by the blood, but what does that mean for us? Like, like what, uh, what, does, what are the details behind that, and how does that help us. Well, let's go to Numbers 14 real quick. Uh, last week we talked about, uh, we talked about Joshua and Caleb. Um, they're going to be a part of this story here this morning too. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. So they were coming out. Uh, God told them to go out. He set them free. Amen. You guys remember that? He set all those people free. The night of the Passover came. They're walking out. And they go out. And God promised them a land. Promised them a land. Flowing with milk and honey. Everything was done for them. God was going to put them in the finished work. All the houses were built. They were built by giants. What does a giant house look like? A mansion. They all, everything was done. God said, I'm going to put you in a land where the wells are already dug. The grapes are as big as your head. I mean, literally, they had to bring back a grape on the end of a stick, like one on that side, one on that side. That's where the, the barbell was invented. Mm. Could be. <laughs> so they, uh, they came back. All that stuff was done, man. All that stuff was done. But what stopped them from going? Moses sent 12 spies out. 12, say 12 spies. Sent 12 spies out. 10 of them came back with some bad news. Two of them came back and said, nah, it's all good. Let's go get it, right? Whenever you look at 10 <laughs> and it's bad news, what's that remind you of? And 10 commandments. Is the 10 commandments bad news? Well, it's perfect in that it was given by God, but is it, is it good news for us? No, man, but you know why? Because we can never keep them. 
right? That's why the wording is very specific in the Bible when it says that, that when Jesus came, that he came to bring the good news, right? The law was there. So there must have been something different if Jesus said, I came to bring the good news. Are you with me? So this is where we're at. The, the, the people were like, man, they, they listened to the 10 that brought back the bad news. Now, how many of you know in our human nature, we tend to gravitate toward bad news, right? You can't, like when OJ was driving around in a white pickup truck or whatever that was, that Bronco, how many of you guys watched that for six hours of him just driving, Right. That's that's how I'm ju that's just an example of it. I remember doing that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, what am I doing? Right. And, and, and the news today is just built off of negative news. Everything's negative. Everything's negative. Right. So so people are drawn to the negativity. They, they are. They, they go gravitate toward that. That's what the whole nation of Israel did when those 10 guys came back. Because why? It brings fear. It brings fear. And Joshua and Caleb was like, nope, let's go get it. You will not believe the size of these grapes. <laughs> All right, so why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? He's saying, hey, shouldn't we go back to being slaves? You see, when, you, when, you, when fear, fear doesn't make you say smart things or do smart things. Fear is a spirit that we as Christians have not been given. It's not for us. But fear can make you do some crazy things. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. That makes a lot of sense, right? Hey, let's select a leader so when we get back to Egypt, he can be like the king of the slaves. He'll have all kinds of power. That, that doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, and then Moses and Aaron fell on their face before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Uh, but Joshua, whose name is Yeshua, it's a picture of Jesus, uh, the, son of, uh, he, the son of a nun, <laughs> not true, I don't know. and Caleb, the son of Jeff, <laughs> who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly, it's, it's not just good, it's exceedingly good land, Right? If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Listen, though in the original Hebrew, the word if is not there. That makes a difference, doesn't it? It doesn't say if the Lord delights in us. He says the Lord delights in us. The Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. He, see, he knew it was done. The Lord, he knew that the Lord delighted in him. And let me just tell you something, Christians. If you know that the Lord delights in you, you will have that attitude too. You won't fear anything. It doesn't matter if all those giants are out there. You'll see those giants and you'll say, give me this mountain. This is my land. You know why I know that? Because the Lord said so. You've got to have confidence in that. The only way you can have confidence is to know that the Lord delights in you. Do not skip over that. It's that order. When you know the Lord delights in you, all the things he's done for you will be given to you. It's already done. you just got to receive them. You don't even know the stuff that Jesus has done for you because fear is there. Right? Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. 
They're our bread. Their protection has departed them. How do you see your problems? Do you see them as food to eat? Champions food? Man, listen, sometimes your fear conquers you. Sometimes your fear controls you. But don't see it as that. See it as food to eat, man. When you go through something, you got to know the Lord's gone through with you. And, and as you eat that, man, you eat it up, you eat it up, you become stronger and stronger. Your faith builds and builds and builds. You c- because you know the Lord is supplying for you. Even if there's an obstacle in your way, you got to know the Lord's got already taken care of that. And you keep walking. Sometimes things are out of your control. We didn't ask for our child to end up on the fourth floor of Shands. That wasn't in our control. Miss Sarah didn't ask to have that cancer stuff. Did you? Did you pray for that? See? That's confirmation right there. (laughs) No one prays for that. Sometimes things are there. But the reason those things are there is so that when we walk by faith, we get to give God the glory and other people see that and they become, they want to know what we have. But it's our faith. When we walk by faith and not by what we see, but we're walking by faith, man, people see that. They're like, how did that happen? So he's saying, man, listen, and, 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 and their protection is gone. See, their defense system is gone. These are giants. Their defenses are gone. How do they know that? Because the Lord said, go get it. That's all they had to go by. They saw the same thing with their physical eyes that those other ten spies saw. But the only thing different was, They believed the Lord told them to go get it, that it was theirs. And all the congregation said, stone them with stones. People don't like happy people. They don't. People don't like when you're always happy. I walk around, why are you always happy? Why are you asking that question? Why aren't you happy? Right? The world is so negative, man, so negative. And they won't stone you with rocks today. If they do, pick it back up and throw it back at them. Listen, let me just tell you. It, it, they, don't stone, they stone you with emails. They stone you with, with uh, Facebook posts that are directed at you, but they make it look like it's not directed at you, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Get off that mess, man. Delete it or block them. Block them. <laughs> do what you want to do. I don't care. <laughs> all right uh do not fear them and all the congregation said stone them with stones now the glory of the lord appeared to the ta- in the tabernacle of the meeting before the children of israel all right uh so numbers 14 we're just going to drop down a little bit to verse 26 and so they they all complain they said we want to stay we don't want to go into promised land the promised land is where everything was taken care of And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, how long shall I bear with these crazy people? Right? (laughs) Do you feel like he says that about you sometimes? He doesn't, right? But our mind thinks that way. He loves us, man. Uh, How long shall I bear with these evil uh, congregation who complain against me? I have heard their complaints. Just so you know, God hears your complaints. You can't, like, complain and talk about God behind his back. He knows, right? Complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Uh, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. What did they speak? We do not want to go into the promised land 
that's flowing with milk and honey, we would rather die where? In the wilderness. So guess what God says? The carcasses, he says it more eloquently than I do. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb the son of Jeph and Joshua the son of Anun. You shall by no means into the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, in other words, that was your excuse, I will bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, I love what he, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. He gave them exactly what their mouth said. That's why the, the tongue has the power of life and death. You can speak life or you can speak death. You can speak it to a world that has no hope with no hope, or you can speak to a world that has no hope and give them hope. Your mouth is powerful. Carcasses. I know I, that's a word that's not used enough. I'd like to welcome family and friends here at this viewing of this carcass. <laughs> I'm going to use it the next funeral I do. That'd be sweet. Let you know how that goes. <laughs> that was a bad joke. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Whew. All right, Joshua. So let's fast forward a little bit. After the death of Moses, right, because Moses could not enter the promised land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. The same thing was right there on the table. He said, now go get it, right? Now, you guys know that I always stop here and tell you, Moses is the law. The law can never get you into the promised land, into heaven. But Jesus, Joshua, whose name is the same name as Jesus, can get you into the promised land. You with me? I also like to point out that even though Moses, they, he said he never saw the promised land, he actually did on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? So even then, God is gracious. God is gracious. Can you imagine Moses popping up on that mountain and he's just like, wow. Thank you, right? He still is so gracious. All right, so let's go to Joshua 2. So they finally go in. The first place they come is a city called Jericho, right? Jericho is the darkest place on the planet at that time, just dark. Everything evil was in Jericho. It was like going to Vegas. <laughs> Sin City. But their walls were so thick that they had chariot races on top of the walls. I mean, they were super thick. Sometimes we, walk, we, we read this story like, like Joshua knocked down a fence. Right? <laughs> like he walked around it seven times and the fence fell. It was a big stone wall, right? Big enough to have chariot races on the top, actually. Uh, so this is where we're going to pick it up. Now, jo now, Joshua, listen, Joshua, he didn't send 12 spies. How many did he send in? Two. Uh, like Joshua learned his lesson. Like the guys were like, hey, Joshua, should we send 12 more back in there? And he goes, no, we ain't sending 12. I know what happened last time we sent 12. We sent in two, right? 
So he sent two spies in. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Archaea Grove. That was like a trailer park on Archer Road. To spy secretly. <laughs> I can say that. Cause I lived in something like that, a trailer park that was called something Grove. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there, right? So they came to a prostitute's house, and they stayed there, right? There were two spies. Some dudes came in. Um, I'm going to drop down so you can't. Some dudes came in trying to find them because they saw them come through the gate. And uh, they, they try to track them down. So let's drop to verse 5. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly. She's like, hey, they're not here, but they went that way. Go find them. Go quick. Try to find them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So she hid them on the roof, right? She's a prostitute. She's not an Israelite. She's a, uh, she's a Gentile, right? So why would she do that? Let's look at verse 7 and drop down. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the ford, and to the ford. Do uh, you, you think dealership when you see that? Sorry, I read the Bible sometimes. I don't know. Uh, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now, before they lay down, she came up to the roof. She came up to the roof before they went to sleep. She came up to the roof and said to the men. Now, check this out. This is very important. She said this to the men. I know that the Lord has given you the land. Now, they were out there for 40 years wandering because they, they didn't take what the Lord was giving them. It was already theirs. But even Rahab, a prostitute Gentile, says, I know the Lord has given you this land. It's been 40 years. How does she know that? I know the Lord has given you this land. That the terror of you has fallen on us. And that all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. The very thing they were afraid of was afraid of them. I'm here to tell you the very thing you're afraid of is afraid of you. Cancer was afraid of Sarah. Yeah. Because it knew who was in her. It knew the supplier. It knew the healer. The demons know the name of Jesus. Trust me. They know the name of Jesus. They know that that name is above every name. They know just the thought of that name could cast them out. Amen? So the very thing the Israelites were afraid of for 40 years is still afraid of them today. Right then, not today, but then. 40 years, still afraid. So listen, for 40 years, Rahab is telling them, man, we were, every day when we woke up, we were worried about you coming in here and taking this land. Meanwhile, the Israelites are out there wandering around in the wilderness, dying now because of fear. Isn't that crazy? So, she says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. That's the, that's the day they came out of Egypt. They were afraid when they saw what God did. Then they saw, they heard what God did. 
at the Red Sea, for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and the original gangsters, look, whom you utterly destroyed. Y'all really don't read the Bible like that? Isn't that what OG means? <laughs> See, God knows everything, man. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> just joking. All right. So we just did that. Let me go there. All right, Joshua, let's keep reading. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did they remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Like there's not a giant in that land that wasn't afraid of Israel. For 40 years, man, the very thing they were afraid of was afraid of death of them, right? And, and, and for the Lord, literally afraid of death. For the Lord, your God, he is God. Th this is Rahab, a prostitute Gentile, saying this. He is God in heaven above and on, uh, on earth beneath. Now, therefore, she's saying, therefore, talking to the two spies, I beg you, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, the word kindness there in Hebrew is kased. It's grace. Since I've shown you grace, since I've shown you grace, that you also will show grace to my father's house and give me a true token, right? And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver lives from death, right? That she was so concerned about her family. She's a prostitute. No one knows why she was. Maybe she needed money. That's why we don't judge people. Her heart was for her family. It was for her family. Sometimes religious people are like, man, you can't be in here. And it's a shame because Jesus attracted sinners. What he didn't attract was religion. Man, we got to have that mind, church. We got we to be of, a, of the mind of Christ where we attract sinners. If sinners aren't coming to you, then maybe you're a little religious. Maybe you need to think about how you're representing Jesus because he attracted sinners. He attracted us. Are we sinners? Yeah. Some of y'all are worse than others, but we are all sinners. I'm the least of them. You know what Paul said? Out of context, but it's still what Paul said. <laughs> All right, so her heart was for people. But you see this word right here, man? Give me a true token. Like, give me a sign. So you know we like to do a little Hebrew action in here, right? So look at the word for token. It means a sign, a, a banner. Like, show me something that you're going to show me kindness, that my family's going to be okay. Show me something that my family will be protected, that my family will be blessed during this time when y'all come. Because when y'all come, I know death and destruction is coming. But show me a sign that my family's going to be okay, right? Look at the word up here, man. Can you see the N-I-X in Hebrew? It's not N-I-X, but that's what it looks like in Hebrew. Can you see it? That's the word for token. This is the Hebrew alphabet. Now, we talk like, like Jesus is the, the Alpha and Omega. He says that in Revelation, right? Who is he talking to when he said that? Who wrote the book of Revelation? John. Was John a, a, a Greek? He was Hebrew. Was Jesus a Greek? He was Hebrew. So would Jesus and John have been talking Greek or Hebrew? 
Right. So instead of saying I am the Alpha and Omega, he would have said what? I am the Aleph and Toph, right? See, Aleph up there in the top right is the first letter. That means first. He's first, right? Uh, this right here, Toph, on the bottom right here. Does this have a light? It means last, right? He's the first and the last. That's Hebrew for first and last. Jesus is the first and the last. I'll talk. But this word has the, the vav in between. See the vav up there under the aleph? Vav? So this, I blew it up so you could see it. So Because every Hebrew letter has a picture with it, right? Also has a number attached to it, the Hebrew alphabet. So uh, it, reads, it reads right to left in Hebrew, okay? So you see this right here? This first letter right there is, is up on the top, the, the Aleph. It, what does it mean? It means an ox or a bull. An ox or a bull, okay? It also means the first. The first ox, the first bull. You with me? Everybody with me? The second letter is Ba. Can you guys see what it means? It means a nail. A nail. Say nail. It means a nail. It also means a peg, a hook, a, a tent, a tent uh, stake, but it means a nail. So you have an ox, the first ox, the first bull. You have a nail. Tav. Tav means a mark, sign, or cross. Or cross. So you have the first ox or bull, the first sacrifice, nailed to the cross. So when she said, show me a sign, she was saying, show me the cross so I'll know my family is protected. Amen? Isn't that where we are today? And you're like, man, that doesn't mean anything. Let me tell you something. The God who's in complete control knew that word before the cross. He knew that word. He developed that word. He developed that Hebrew system. So every word has meaning. Every letter. That's how detailed he is. And let me just tell you this. It's not just a meaning, but it's all about Jesus. His whole heart. Everything was created for him, by him, through him. And so this stuff matters. When you see it. So when Rahab says, show me a sign, she said, show me the cross. That way I'll know, I'll know my family will be blessed. Were they blessed? Absolutely they were blessed. Look at this. Why did I go better? Boom. All right. This is Exodus 12. You guys will remember this passage. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood, when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Not allow. When I see the what? The blood. The blood was on the outside. Was the blood for you to see or for the Lord to see? The Lord to see. It's not about our estimate of God, of Jesus' blood. It's about how God estimates Jesus' blood. And when he sees the blood, he passes over you. He passes over you. The destroyer will not strike you. So let me tell you something. If you're in Christ, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. That's why you're well protected. That God will not allow the destroyer to mess with you, to take your life when 
You're covered by the blood of Jesus. He won't. That's what the word says. You are well protected. And even if death takes your life here on this earth, death has lost its sting. Your very last breath here is your first breath in heaven. You live forever. Ever. Forever, ever. You live that way without disease, without sickness. You are perfect. In heaven, you'll be beautiful. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's hope. Not to your wife, Jay. Good Lord, man. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> he did do, Tell him you did that, so I'm not looking dumb. You really did do that. But I like that he just sees his wife as his only neighbor. <laughs> They're so in love. All right. Uh, oh, Leviticus 7, why is the blood important? Check this out. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. If you don't have blood, you're dead. God knew that, right? So the life, the Jesus is our life, right? Jesus said, I am the life. Look, look, look. For the life, for Jesus, the life of the flesh, that's Jesus, is in the blood, that's why we always got to talk about the blood of Jesus that covers us. Because there's power in that. You ever hear somebody, I plead the blood of Jesus. We need to do that every day. And not plead as in beg, but I pronounce, I proclaim with my mouth, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. When I get in my car, it will not wreck. No one will hit me. When I get in the airplane, the airplane is blessed because I'm there. Somebody says, I'm afraid of flying. I say, don't be, I'm here. Turn it into an uh, opportunity to talk about the gospel. I ain't afraid. I'm here. This plane is fine. Now, if it happens to go down, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it won't happen, right? Because you're there. You're there. You are blessed and highly favored. Highly favored up in the air, right? Amen. Um, for the life of the blood. Oh, so why is the cross so powerful? When we think about the cross, yes, we are forgiven. Yes, we are healed. We have all those wonderful blessings. But the cross is so powerful because of the blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood is what makes the cross so powerful. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins, right? So the blood is what makes it powerful. We need to talk more about that we, and not be ashamed of it. A lot of Bibles, new Bibles, are taking the word blood out. It's crazy. Right? You can't talk about kids about blood. Why not? We talk to them about everything else. They see it everywhere else. How important is it for them to know about the blood of Jesus? Blood is not a bad word, church. Especially the blood of Jesus. Don't be afraid to tell your kids stuff because Satan is not afraid to come in and tell them something else. All right. Genesis 4.10. First place blood is mentioned. The law of first mention, right? There's, a, there's a, a theory out there of the law of first mention. Go find out where the word is first mentioned, and there's something there. So here, what do we see? Cain and Abel, right? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So we see blood has a voice. Blood cried out. Why was it, what was it crying out? Revenge me. Abel didn't do anything to deserve to die. And he's like, revenge me. His blood had a voice. Even today, DNA technology, blood has a voice. Blood speaks. You can find out crimes from 50 years ago by DNA now. 
So blood speaks, amen? Blood had a voice. But look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Now, Abel's blood was speaking, revenge me, justice, justice. Jesus' blood is screaming, forgiveness, forgiveness. You're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. That's why it's important to talk about the blood of Jesus, to be reminded we are forgiven. We are protected today. Amen? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Do you want blood to speak like Abel's? Revenge me. Revenge me. Because we would have blood on our hands too. It sounds good unless somebody's saying that about you. But here, this is good news. The new covenant, Jesus is saying, hey, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Everybody that did something against my father, you are forgiven. That's a good thing. Speaks better things. Say better. It is hot as a mug up here, boy. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> just joking. That's how I do it at home, boy. I'm just joking. <laughs> if you're, listen, if you're visiting, that was a joke. I don't think I'm all that, all right? Not in public. All right, go back to Exodus. Check this out. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, not when I see your good works, not when I see that you went to church your whole life, not when I see that you volunteered in the nursery, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague, that's a disease. The plague, the plague shall not shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God says, when I see the blood, plagues will have no destruction in your life. They'll, be no, they'll have no power in your life. Though a thousand will fall on your side, ten thousand at your right side. It shall not come near you. Why? Because of the blood. The blood. I love that, man. All right, Joshua 2, 13, back there. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers. She had a heart for her family. Her, she wanted her whole family to be saved. Now, did her whole family meet with the two spies? No, she represented them. That's why we, you got to understand, man, Jesus, he wants your whole household to be saved. Not just you, your whole household. The Italian uh, officer who you know, Peter had a dream about, and he had a dream about Peter, right? They met, and Peter, the Bible specifically says this, that when he got saved, his, his whole household was saved. You guys remember that? You remember the jailer when Paul and Silas were down there? And, and, and the Bible says that, that he was so afraid that he was going to kill himself. And, and Paul stayed that, and he said, listen, it's okay. Come out with us, right? Because he thought he was going to die because he let all the prisoners escape, knowing that was God that did that. But, but, but the Bible says his, he got saved and his whole household was saved. Like Jesus is more than enough, not just for you, but just for your whole family. You got kids that have walked away from church. Let me tell you something. The Lord will bring them back. He always he brought me back. He brought some of y'all back, I know. Amen? The Lord is so loving. He cares for your entire family. And that's what she was saying here. So look at this in Exodus 12, 4. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, one on the 10th of this month, 
Every man shall take for himself a lamb, a lamb, right? According to the house of his father, a lamb for the household. Say lamb for the household. <laughs> this is so good right here, man, right? And, and if the household is too small for the lamb, think about that. It, it, it's not that the house is too big for the, like there's not enough lamb to go around. The Bible's specific saying that Jesus is greater than your household. The lamb is bigger than your house. So you got to take him and, and share him with your neighbor. <laughs> Listen, I got an extra Jesus. You want some? Right? Yeah, that's what you need to do on Halloween. When you go and knock on the door instead of them giving you candy, say, no, I got an extra here. Give it back. And get, make it better. Like give them a big candy bar. That's how good Jesus is right there, baby. Right? <laughs> I just thought that. If y'all will do that, let me know how it works out. I ain't giving my candy up, boy. I'm eating that. I don't even let my kid. I eat my kids' candy, right? How many of you guys got to check it? Make sure there's nothing in there, right? Okay, there might be something in that Reese's right there. I don't know. All right, back to the story. Almost done. Joshua 2. Better this store and, and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sister, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us this land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. The word kindly there is grace. Grace, see that? Grace and truth. Grace and truth, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth with you, they'll do that with them. Then she let, down, let them down by a rope through the window. They came in through the door, they're going out the window, right? Uh, for her house was on the city wall, she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there for Three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet. Bind this line of scarlet. She was supposed to bind this line of scarlet out her window. As a sign. So what does that mean? Right? Back in the Passover, they bound their lintel with blood as a sign. Scarlet is red. Scarlet represents the blood. Right? So bind this scar scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. In other words, get your family behind this bloodline. Get your family behind the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus protects you. It's like a shield, man. It is a shield of protection that goes around you, engulfs your whole family. But you got to believe it. One day without praying the blood of Jesus in the morning, man, could be that day where you're like, something happens. You're like, oh, my God, man, maybe I'm not protected. And Satan knows that. He wants to put doubt in your mind. He's defeated. Like Pastor said earlier when he was leading worship, man, that sometimes you got to put him on notice. Say, oh, not today, Satan. Today, today I plead the blood of Jesus, not just over me, but my whole family. 
We got to believe that way, church. Every single day is a new day to be able to do that, right? Um, whoo, so check out this word right here. I got to show you this, man. The word for bind is tikba. Tikba. Now listen, tikba means, or the word for, uh, for, for yeah, for bind in that one. Where I, oh, there it was. See, see, bind this line. Bind this line of scarlet. Scarlet is red. It's a dye made from insects. It's, it represents blood. But bind, bind is something different. Tikba is actually the, the uh, ha tikba is the national anthem of, of Israel today, right? It means the hope. Tikba is hope. Yes, it means cord, but it also means rope. Rope. Hope. Sorry. Hope. Hope. It's a rope of hope. Who needs a rope of hope? Amen. <laughs> I can turn anything into scripture. Amen. Make stuff up. It, it means hope. Church. It, bind your bind your line with the hope of blood. Hope. Our hope is in Christ. What are we hoping in Christ? That, it, that it, the word is what it says, that, that his blood is our protection. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. And when you know that, you know you're protected. You got a doctor's appointment, just proclaim the blood is covering you. And as you're proclaiming that, you'll start to see stuff happen in the natural that will shock people. Even doctors will be like, Trying to explain it. <laughs> like, just be quiet, doctor. I, I, listen, I know what happened. Go read a book. Bless you. And just walk away, right? Amen? So, it means hope. We got to have a hope. Our hope. He's like, bind. Bind this line. This is our hope, the blood of Jesus. Boom. So, we, this is the end. So, they go in. They take the city. And what does Joshua do? And Joshua spared Rahab, the harlot, she was a prostitute. Why of all the people in that city spare the prostitute? Her father's, not just her, her father's household and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers from uh, whom Joshua sent to spy out the land of Jericho. Because of her, the grace she showed, God used a prostitute, blessed a prostitute. Why? Because she got it. She saw that Jesus, that God was the true God. She believed. She wanted a token. She believed when they gave her that. She saw the cross of Jesus. I really believe she saw that. And that's what made her believe that the spies could save her whole family. And they did. She would say, and you fast forward to Matthew, what's so big about Rahab? How many women are mentioned in the lineage of Jesus? A prostitute woman is. Rahab is. She's in the line. Ram begot Amminadab. Amminadab begot Nashon. Nashon begot Salmon, the fish. That, look, look, Salmon, sal you know where fish oil comes from? It dates all the way back to Salmon. Its roots are there, the oil. That's not true. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it could be. Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz, Ruth, right? Boaz and Ruth by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Rahab is in that lineage. She's mentioned 
Why is she mentioned? Because God wants people to know it doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Just believe in the blood of Jesus and you will be saved. Believe that. Believe that he died for you. Believe he's alive today at the right hand of God. You shall be saved. It's not about what you've done in the past. Stop looking at your past. Stop dwelling on your past and start walking in all that God has for you. We don't walk by faith, by, by, by fear. We're not walking by fear. Fear holds you back from stuff. Fear holds you back from things that you don't even see, you can't receive because all you can think about is your fear. Let go of your fear. Walk by faith and receive what God has for you. He's a loving father. If he says that no plague will come near you, it won't. You got to believe it. You get in a car. I'm going to be safe. How do I know that? Because I got the blood of Jesus covering my car. I believe it with all my heart. How do you not be afraid on a plane? I got the, how do you not be afraid when you get off the plane in Vegas? Y'all like, why are you going to Vegas? Listen, I have a job <laughs> that's, that sometimes we have to go there because it's cheap to rent a bunch of hotels. Listen, that, it sounds like I'm making excuses, but I'm not. Mike, tell them. That's where all the drug companies go. My point is, it doesn't matter where you are or what circle you're in. Or teach your kids this on Halloween, man. All this stuff that's out there that's meant to bring fear. Man, we have power. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. That stuff is nothing to us. Pray over the basket of candy. Nothing in this will harm my child. Pray that. Pray that. Believe that. No, you can't. that's not real. Well, if you don't believe it's real, it's not real to you. But it is real. It doesn't stop that from being true. The word is true. We just got to start pleading the blood more. Amen? Are y'all blessed, church? I'm blessed. I'm excited to preach myself happy. Amen. Hey, stand up with me. Listen, if you do not know who Jesus is or what he's done for you, I'd love the opportunity to share that with you. It will not take all afternoon. Trust me, I am hungry. <laughs> if you need a prayer request, if you need somebody to sit down and just pray with you, we'd be happy to do that too. We can, we can pray, and, and we'll just remind you of who you are. We got oil up here, too. Not afraid to use the oil. We love it. We've seen the oil in action. If you're looking to join a church, this is what you get. You get what you get, and you don't pitch a fit. That's our motto. It's on the back of our church T-shirts. <laughs> anyway, good Lord. This is, what, this is who we are, man. We believe Honestly, deeply, with compassion, passionately, we believe this stuff. We believe it because it, we, we, it's the truth. It's changed our lives. It's changed our children's lives. Our children go to school sometimes, right? You remember your daughter. You told me that story. And Juna, they go to school, man, and they, they become the teachers because they are so, they believe it. This freed them up. It freed them up. So I'm telling you, this is what you get when you come here. You'll walk out of here knowing that Jesus loves you and that there's hope for you and that you are blessed beyond measure and that you will be a blessing to others when you're free. Amen. And the way we close out here, church, man, is we don't play a song with four stanzas. Anybody had that guy say, hey, we're going to sing stanza one, two and four. OK, this ought to have meaning. 
right? You just do it to check a box. We don't do that. We bring pastor up. He prays a blessing over you, and you walk out blessed. You receive that blessing by saying amen. That's how we do it. You don't have to say it at the end. If something strikes you, if the Lord hits you with something that comes out of his mouth, say it right then. Amen. I receive it. All of it. All. Say all of it. Sometimes we receive little bits of it, right? Man, I receive all of it. And I even tell Jesus, listen, if they don't want it, give me their portion. Amen. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. Come on, let us pray, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word today, Lord. We thank you that upon the entrance of your word, God, it brings light, Father. We thank you for enlightening us today. We thank you for giving us revelation of your word, God. We thank you, Father, for just continuing to reveal yourself to us, Father, that we may come to know you in a more deeper and, and personal level, God. We thank you for your faithfulness to continue to do that by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for anointing preaching and teaching, Father, that would help us to grab hold of the promises of God that are yes and amen in your word, God. Thank you for reminding us today, Father, that we are protected by the blood of Jesus that continues to flow over us, God. We thank you, Lord, for being the giver and the sustainer of life and for giving us this good news, Father, the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ, Father, that we can leave this place and we can share with others, Father, and we can build them up and we can edify and encourage and strengthen them, Father, so that they too may believe and receive all that you have for them. So, Father, we bless you. I thank you, Lord. I speak blessing over this house, over this, this, this family of believers, Lord, this body of believers that, God, you've allowed to assemble together today. I speak life and health and healing and blessing, the prosperity, Father, that you have provided through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, I speak that over them. I pray, God, that you would order each and every one of our steps. And, Father, bring us into the place and to the people, Lord, that you would have us to be a blessing to. For your word says that you have blessed us to be a blessing. And it's our desire to bring you honor and glory in all that we say and all that we do. And this is in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.